Well, greetings, friends, fellow patriots, and fellow citizens, and welcome to our home for this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. For those of you who don't know, my name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the president of the We the People Convention, and I'm the host of this podcast, and we're awful glad that you decided to join us today. We're very happy to have you with us. Um, For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this uh, is a weekly news summary show. And uh, the goal here is to kind of sort through all the noise and kind of pick the things that are really important and bring them to you so you kind of know what's going on, but you don't have to spend a lot of time, you know, listening to all the the propaganda and lies and things that are out there, uh, the clickbait that, you know, they're trying to get you with bright, shiny objects. Uh, The the focus of our show, uh, make no mistake, is to protect and defend our individual freedom liberty and prosperity and our U.S. Constitution and our American way of life. Uh, that's what we're about. That's what this show is dedicated to. And um, unlike a lot of shows, you know, we, we do provide information, we do educate, but uh, we act. I'm going to ask you today to do things to protect your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's what we look to do. And, um, and that's why, you know, this show is important because everyone is asking me, you know, what can I do to help, you know, restore our country to uh, you know, keep our liberties? And, um, that's a good question because freedom is not free and it needs to be defended every single day uh, by each of us, everyone who wants to be free. And so uh, we talk about that directly and, and we'll have some action plans for you. So let's get on with it because this week we really did take action. Uh, last week I was talking to you about how we were going to try to defund some of the school districts that are teaching the critical race theory and the 1619 project, uh, racist, anti-American, uh, anti-white, uh, Marxist propaganda. That's what it is. If you don't understand that, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Right on the front page, there is a, uh, you know, a button that says, uh, you know, click here to see how you can save our schools. And then there are all kinds of links that explain to you what critical race theory is, what the 1619 project is, and why we are going to defeat it. And I'm happy to report to you that we, you know, thanks to your donations, uh, you know, we were able to take action this week and to defeat some levies that were for school districts that were uh, promoting the critical race theory. The big focus uh, for us was a school district in um, the Cleveland area called Rocky River uh, High School, just to the west of Cleveland. And we made a robocall into that uh that school district, which is a, you know, generally a pretty liberal school district. And we were able to defeat, uh, their, uh, 4.9 mil levy increase, uh, by a 53.5% to, uh, 46.5% margin. So we made a call and you can actually hear that call if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the, you know, the stop. Uh, you know, uh, how do we take back our school's link? You can actually hear the robocall. Uh, they quoted here. But we actually got coverage in the newspaper. And, and here's what it said. Rocky River school levy fails after teacher scandal unhinged robocall alleging radical Marxist takeover. If the dark cloud of a recent teacher scandal hadn't been enough to dissuade voters in Rocky River from passing a new school levy Tuesday, a robocall 
from regional Tea Party firebrand Tom Zawistowski and his Freedom for All PAC may have done the trick. The western suburb rejected the proposed new levy Tuesday with 53.5% voting against what would have been a 4.9 mil increase. Uh, the school district said the increased funds would have paid for school operations, new buses, new technology, blah, blah, blah. The, the chatter in Rocky River, a 95% white, commu white community where the school district is highly ranked, was a recent inappropriate behavior by teachers at Rocky River's high school, an investigation into which culminated in the resignation of five teachers and the retirement of another. Might have jeopardized the levy success. Parents rallied outside the high school during the investigation in March, calling for increased transparency from the administration and the school board. Then, Monday, Tom Zawistowski got involved. The executive director of the Porch County Tea Party leveled, quote, deranged accusations in a robocall paid for by his suspect political action committee. Zawistowski recently made headlines for buying an ad in the Washington Times that called for limited martial law so that the military could oversee a redo of the 2020 presidential election. And yes, we did do that. And yes, most of you supported that. If you want to, if you go to the story at we thepeopleconvention.org, you'll see a link to uh, that ad if you want to see it. Monday, Zawistowski was spouting off about Marxist radicals and critical race theory in, in a call to Rocky River Renaissance. The message transcribed below, he says, quote, was unhinged. There is a cancer growing in your community. It must be stopped now. The Rocky River local school district uh, has been infiltrated by radical Marxist teachers, staff, and administrators who want to implement the racist, anti-American, nonsensical critical race theory, which indoctrinates your children and grandchildren with race-based hatred of white people, of American history, and of capitalism, with the goal of a communist takeover of our nation. It's time that we, the people of Rocky River, to, to it's time for the people, we, the people of Rocky River, to defend our nation, our history, and our values. And we do that by defunding these radical communists and forcing their removal from our schools. The call went to tell this uh, went on to tell listeners that the school district was counting on voters not showing up to the polls because there was nothing else on the ballot and urged everyone to vote no on the measure. Uh, according to the call, the new levy would pay for radicals to indoctrinate young people with racial animus inspired by the New York Times 1619 project. Well, that's right. That's that's exactly what we meant. And while he thinks it was unhinged, um, you know, we were pretty clear that, you know, if we're going to defend our nation and our values, we need to take our money away from these radicals who are going to use them to teach our children to hate us. And we did that. And we won all eight of the uh, levies that we went against uh, in on uh, Tuesday and May 4th in Ohio was election day. We, you know, we defeated eight different levies around the state. And it should have been more. Um, my problem is that 68% of the school levies you know, were passed in Ohio. And, and why was that? Well, the answer is because nobody makes a robocall and even tells you there's an election. Um, Ohio voters approved 68% of school tax issues in Tuesday's primary, with 50 of the 73 issues passing. It marked a slight increase in the 2020 primary election when uh, voters approved 64% of the school issues. According to the release, 50% of new school tax requests were approved, with the approval rate increasing from last year's primary elections of 38%. Renewal school tax proposals continue to receive support from state voters at a 91% issue passed. That number, though, is slightly dropped from 93 in last year's election. So this, this is an important point. I want to, I want to share some numbers with you about this because 
the, the, first of all, I had asked you all to send me the, you know, school districts that you know were teaching critical race theory and had a levy. And I just didn't get enough. We spent several thousand dollars of your donations to make these calls. And as you can see, they were effective, but there weren't enough. You know, like I said, there were 73 issues in Ohio. We made eight calls because I didn't know which school districts had levies and who was teaching critical race theory. So that's our, our first problem. But let me just share with you a test that I did to prove to you that our strategy to defund critical race theory works. Here's a chart that shows you the uh, the voting in three school districts. And uh, two of these are in Geauga County, which is east of Cleveland. And, uh, and, and one of them, two of them were in Lake County, and one is in Geauga County. They're all kind of east of Cleveland. And so in the Kenston School District and the Madison School Districts, um, you know, we made uh, phone calls. But in the uh, in the Kirtland School District, I couldn't get phone numbers to make the call. And so you'll see on this chart that in the district where we did not make a call to tell people what it would cost them, okay, and to get urge them to vote no, it passed in Kirtland by a vote of sixty one or sixty two percent to thirty eight percent. But in Madison and in Kenston, we defeated their levy seventy five point two six to twenty four point seven five in Madison and seventy one point three one to twenty eight point six nine in Kenston. That was my test of what robocalls do. Do they work or don't they? And the turnouts were higher in those districts too, because when we make a call like that, you know, it, it gets more people to turn out. Because again, I said, and they criticized me in that article. You know, Zostowski, you know, said that uh, you know the school district was holding these special elections, expecting you not to turn out and vote. Folks, that's exactly what they do. The union literally does that on purpose. Because you know, even in the in the Madison School District, only 29% of voters voted. Now think about that. So let me give you some numbers to put this in perspective. 29% voted in Madison School District, okay? In that school district, by voting down that levy, over it's a, remember, it was a permanent forever levy. The average home with a valuation of $100,000. So that means the home's worth like, 250 to 300,000, the valuation is always less than the actual property value. So even with a home with a valuation of 100,000, it was a permanent levy. So it was $227.50 additional tax per year. But over 30 years, each person that, that owns property saves $6,825. Now there's 6,806 homes in Madison. This doesn't even count businesses which have to pay property taxes. But there's 6,806 homes in Madison School District. Well, over 30 years, folks, that's $46 million. By voting no, you saved yourself $46 million. That's a lot of money. In Kenston, the numbers were even bigger. Or, excuse me, that was for Kenston. In Madison, the numbers were even bigger because there's 7,939 homes in Madison. And over the 30 years, it saved $50 million. But see, most people don't know those numbers. They, they don't even know there's an election. 70% of the people didn't show up. That's what's wrong with our system. And in Ohio, we're trying to make these, these special elections illegal. You should have to put the levies on the ballot when there's other things going on. 
And so it's a scam. And, and, and you know, as they said, 91% of renewals passed. Well, when it comes to critical race theory, we're going to have to do something we have never done. And that is we're going to have to defeat renewal levies. Now, renewal levy says you're paying this tax. It was a five-year tax. It's coming up now. To, it's going to end. We're going to renew it. And we've always renewed those saying, well, we don't want to give the schools any more money, but they need this money to operate on. But if you're teaching critical race theory, no, no, we want to put you in state receivership. And we're going to have to mount campaigns to basically vote down renewals. And then they're going to understand we mean business. This is the leverage we have. We don't need Washington's permission, the governor's permission. This is local. This is your money. 46 to $50 million of your money. And you did the right thing to vote it down. My only regret is we didn't do enough of it. And for those of you who live in states other than Ohio, if there's a levy coming up in your states in the future, the, the We the People Convention and our Freedom for All PAC, we will do calls to help you defeat them. But you got to let me know. So write to info at wethepeopleconvention.org, info at wethepeopleconvention.org, and say, Tom, we've got this levy coming up in Illinois or in Oregon or in Texas or in Mississippi or wherever it is, and they're teaching critical race theory, and we'll go after them with you. They won't know your name. They don't have to know anything about it. We're going to go through their Freedom for All pack, and we'll we'll make you know our case with the voters. And when you do, proud Americans come back and vote down this racist critical race theory. And that's that's what we're engaged in. So that's that's what I mean. We take action, don't we? All right. Speaking of taking action, and again on critical race theory, uh, Arkansas, you know, uh, passed a bill that stops state agencies from forcing employees to take uh, classes on critical race theory. That's a big step. Congratulations to you guys in Arkansas. We love to see that. Tennessee uh, passed a, a bill this week. Uh, banned the teaching of critical race theory, passing a law at the very end of the legislative session to withhold public funding from schools that teach about white privilege. Okay? Republicans in the House made the legislation a last-minute priority, introducing provisions that banned schools from instructing students that one's race bears responsibility for past actions against another, that the United States is fundamentally racist, or that a person is inherently privileged or oppressed due to their race. Congratulations, Tennessee. Way to go. That's what we're looking for. And there's more. That's, that's not, that, wasn't, that wasn't the last of it. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's governor signed a bill banning schools from teaching critical race theory. Uh, now more than ever, we need policies to bring us closer together, not rip us apart. As governor, I firmly believe that not one cent of taxpayer money should be used to define and divide young Oklahomans by their sex or race, the Republican governor, Kevin Stitt, said. The measure prohibits schools from teaching students that one race or sex is inherently superior to another and that an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. Okay? That's what we've been doing, right? We've been talking about this. So what do you need to do to protect and defend your freedom, your liberty, your prosperity, your children? You need to be calling your governor, your legislators, and saying, Oklahoma did it. Tennessee did it. Okay? Uh, Arkansas did it. We had Idaho do it. Montana's done it. If your state's not one of those, they got to do it. We're talking to our people here in Ohio. That's going to happen. We're fighting the fight. But it doesn't just happen by itself. So this week, write it down. 
write an email to your state senator, your state uh, 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 representative, and to your governor and say, I want the state to defend you know, our, our uh, your schools and our children by not subjecting them to this racist, you know, anti-American agenda that the Marxists are putting out there to destroy our country. And if you need any help, just go to our, our wethepeopleconvention.org, click on the button that says, how do we take back our schools? It's all right there for you. All kinds of links, okay? And these stories are linked there as well. All right, so again, what's this all about? This is all about, oh, we're a bunch of racists, don't you know? America's systemically racist. We're the most racist country on the, on the planet. A total blatant lie. We are not a racist country, okay? And, and, and Tim Scott did a great job in responding to Joe Biden's joke of a State of the Union by saying we're not a racist country. But, but I've been telling you to get the, um, the emails from Steve Moore from the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Okay, and and he's been sending out some great stuff, and he goes more on the systemic racism myth. We got lots of interesting responses to our item last week. Keep them coming, which provides prima facie factual evidence that America is not a systemically racist nation. Asians have almost twenty percent higher incomes than whites, and yet Asians are people of color with brownish skin. Our senior fellow David Simon did a deeper dive in the 2018 census data on household incomes and came up with some fascinating numbers. For example, immigrants from Nigeria in Africa have a higher median household income, $68,650, than whites at $66,100. We had to check that twice. It's so surprising. How about people from Cambodia, one of the poorest nations in the world? Those from Cambodia who come to the United States have a median household income of $72,000 a year. Latino Americans have incomes equal to those of whites. How about Ghana, another very poor African nation? Americans with Ghanaian ancestry have medium incomes of $69,000 and whites are $66,000. Take a look at this chart that he put in his email. And it lists all these you know, people who are not white. You know, Cambodians, Ghanaians, Nigerians, Laotians, West Indians, Palestinians all make more money than white people. So how are we systemically racist? How come you're, these liars are saying that blacks can't get ahead? Well, you know who can't get ahead? Look at the second from the bottom on this list. Black Americans. Average household income, medium, median household income, only $43,862. Why is that? Why is that? It's not because we're racist. It's because they're on the Democratic government plantation. That's why. That's why. This, this chart proves that we're not a systemically racist nation. And you should share that chart with, uh, with your friends. Share this podcast with your friends. It just blows it all up. It's just wrong. So thanks, Steve Moore, for bringing those statistics out. I also had posted, now I have not been really engaged in the COVID issue because there's so many other groups doing such a good job with that. So, and not that I'm not engaged, not that I don't talk about it, but I haven't been leading with that. I haven't been the one really pushing that. But I put a video on the website this week by Dr. McCullough that I thought was very significant. Okay, it was very significant because he started to talk about the fact that the China virus vaccines are killing many more people than previous vaccines. This is a video you need to watch and share. It's at wethepeopleconvention.org. 
Now, why is this important? Well, basically, he puts points out in this 32-minute video some very interesting things, like this. The U.S., you know, in 1976, during the swine flu pandemic, the U.S. attempted to vaccinate 55 million Americans. But at the point the shot caused 500 cases of paralysis from the legs up and 25 deaths, the program was stopped with 25 deaths. Now, get this. There's this website that's, uh, that they, he put in his show, and it's called uh, VAERS, V-A-E-R-S.com, V-A-E-R-S.com. And in this website, they keep track of deaths from vaccines from, throughout history. And they're currently showing, and this is updated daily, 3,837 deaths from the COVID vaccines in the United States. And if you, you can see this on your, your TV and your, your monitor, it may be a little too small on your phone, but if you're watching this on uh, Roku TV or Amazon Fire on our website and you go full screen, you'll see that it actually breaks it out by age. And what was astonishing to me is that uh, of the 3,837 people who died from this vaccine, in the 66 to 80-year-old category, 1,256 have died. In the 81 and above category, 1,439 have died. Now, get this. So, you're, you're a senior. We know that this vaccine affects people over 65 more than people under 65. Your chance of dying from COVID if you're under 65 is like three-tenths of a percent. If you're over 65, it's like 3% or 3.5. That's the facts, okay? Still not a big threat. But my God, why are they giving the vaccine to these seniors and now they're killing seniors again? I, I was stunned by that number. And here's the other number. You know, it said that 500 people had gotten sick or had gotten paralysis, but there's been over 14,000 people who didn't die but have had serious uh, uh, side effects from this disease, from this vaccine. And, and see, the Dr. McConnell in this, in this you know, video really, I think, did a great job of explaining the fact that these vaccines have not been clinically tested. They're being used on an emergency basis. And so they won't even know the real danger of these uh, vaccines for like another two years. And yet they're pushing everyone to take them. Why? Why are they doing that? Well, he points out some things that you know are important. He says, for instance, uh, the U.S. government has made a decision along with the stakeholders, the CDC, NIH, FDA, Big Pharma, World Health Organization, and the Gates Foundation, Foundation they have made a commitment to mass vaccinations as a solution. And the, and the reason for that is because they're in bed with them. The NIH is a co-holder of the patent with Moderna of their vaccine patent. How's that not a conflict of interest? It, it's just crazy. As a, as a matter of comparison, there are 20 to 30 deaths reported every year uh, due to the flu shot. That's with 195 million receiving flu shots. 20 to 30 deaths, 193 million receiving. Compared to the COVID shot, that's just like, it's like a thousand times worse. Why are they stopping it? Because it's not about the vaccine. It's not about science. You've got to go watch that video. 
okay, at wethepeopleconvention.org. The China virus is killing more people than any virus ever. This is not normal. Nothing about this has been normal. And you need to be informed because it's your life. Now, the thing that's really gotten me upset is, is children, you know, that are, they're trying to say now the CDC is going to come out and say that children from 6 to 12-year-olds should get the vaccine. There is no evidence that they should do that. None. It's, it's just not worth the risk. Children are at very low risk of illness, especially severe illness from, uh, from the China virus. And children do not spread the illness. The fact is that, you know, the, the children, there's been zero deaths reported from uh, COVID-19 of children under age 11. Okay. And so why do you want to get them vaccinated? Well, what are their talking points? Their talking points are, oh, you want to get them vaccinated because uh, you want to protect their grandparents. It just said there's no evidence that children spread it. They, if they get it, they're asymptomatic. But they don't even spread it. That was shown in the school studies where they did open up schools and the teachers didn't get it. So why are you vaccinating them? Why would you as a parent put your children's health at risk by putting this, this vaccine that we don't even know what the heck's in it or what side effects it's going to have into your child? And then, and then they're doing the same thing with college kids who we know, you know that 20-year-olds don't have any reason to fear this virus. And again, they're using this BS excuse, well, you've got to protect your neighbors. When in American history was it my job to protect you? It's called personal responsibility. I've just had open heart surgery. I'm over 65. You know what? I need to be a little more cautious about COVID, don't I? Because if I get it, I'm not in very good shape to fight it in my current condition. My job is to stay home and wear a mask. Not your job. If I go out and I don't wear a mask, it's not your job to protect me. And this is the scam. And they're running all these commercials and telling these college students, oh, you know, you, you do it for your community. No, your responsibility is to protect your health. Now, if you have a parent of a student that's going to college, and your college says that they've got to be vaccinated to go to school, you tell them to go pound salt. Because I got news for you. If 10% of you don't send your kids to school for a year and say, we're not coming back until they don't have to get vaccinated, you watch how quickly they fold. 10% drop in their income, they'll be laying off teachers. Don't be bullied. And I got news for you. Why would you, if there are a school that's forcing you, a college that wants to force your kid to get vaccinated, then you can bet that, that school is also not educating your child. They're indoctrinating your child. So I got news for you. Have them stay home for the year, buy the bloody textbooks for the classes they were going to take, read them, and watch some YouTube videos, and you'll get a better education at about $30,000 less than you'd get going to that damn school. Don't be a fool. This co these college degrees aren't worth crap. And you shouldn't fall for this. And if your kids are going to you know, grade school, you need to stand up and say, no, you are not going to force us to wear masks. And in Utah, and I told you last week about the Vail, Arizona, 
uh, where you know they stood up and the, the the school board canceled their meeting, so the parents fired them and elected a new school board and then voted to not have masks in, in class or in school. Okay, well now in Utah there was a big blow up in Utah, and uh, you know they, the protesters just went nuts on the school board, and the school board adjourned the meeting, and now they're saying we're going to charge some of these parents for intimidating the school board and all that stuff. Tough. These are your children's lives. You got to fight for your children's lives. There is no reason for any child, and 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 now they're talking about we're going to do tests on pregnant women. No pregnant woman should get vaccinated. This is absurd. They're at no risk, and they have no responsibility to protect their grandparents or their parents or whoever. It's a lie. Act to protect your freedom and your liberty and your prosperity and for God's sake, your damn health. All right, we're going to take a little break. Getting a little fired up here. Uh, You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski and we'll be back in a second. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we're back, and we're glad you are with us. We hope you enjoyed the first part of the show. Uh, you know, again, I want you to, to look into your schools. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, how to stop critical race theory in your schools. You, it's got a FOIA letter that you can send to get your schools to tell you if they're teaching it. If they are teaching it, you can then we'll do robocalls to try to defeat their levies. We need to start recruiting school board members who believe in no mass, who believe in no critical race theory, who believe that our schools should teach American values, and we need to elect them. You may want to run for school board. We've got to take back our schools. This, this teachers' unions are one of the biggest avenues for communism to be implemented in our schools. That's a fact. Okay. Now I know not all teachers are bad. There's lots of good teachers, but you good teachers, you need to fight your union. You need to stop these communists and we need to help you. And we have to defund them and we have to take back our schools. And so those are two action items from the beginning of the show. Got more to come. Okay. I want to thank all of you who donated uh, to help us pay for the robocalls. And, 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 you know, we want to, I want to thank all you who did bring to our attention school districts that we could make calls into. You saved a lot of money for your community and we are glad to do it and we're going to keep doing it. Okay. Also, I want to thank all the people who are responding about Liberty Camp for Kids. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this last several weeks. They are starting to fill up. People are starting to, uh, you know, set, sign up their children and grandchildren to go. Uh, Liberty Camp for Kids is a half day camp. Uh, on July 19th to the 23rd from 9 till noon. The tickets are only $30, and you can uh, learn more at libertycampforkids.com. Okay, so that's one camp. And then uh, everybody else, if you want, you can go to a Liberty Camp in Lake County uh, on July 12th to the 16th. That's, again, just east of uh, of Cleveland, uh, and uh, that's on July 12th to the 16th. And at Geauga County, you can go from July 26th to the 30th. So you really have... During the month of July, any of the weeks in July, you can go to Liberty Camp 
And if you want to learn more about the camps in Lake and Jar County, go to libertycampusa.com, libertycampusa.com. Now, you know, I also want to suggest to you, this has happened all the time. If you're hearing about these Liberty Camps and go to those websites because there's videos and things and it's really cool. It's where kids go to experience the founding of America. They're not sitting there just listening to teachers or reading a book. They're literally signing the Declaration of Independence with a quill pen. They're meeting George Washington, John Adams. They're, they're uh, fighting the Battle of Trenton. They're, uh, you know, they're playing the games that, you know, kids played back in, uh, you know, the, the revolutionary times. They're eating the food. Uh, they're learning about the, you know, the formation of our government and why it was different. They experienced the founding of America. If you're interested in that and you're interested in starting one in your community, lots of people come and just observe one year and then they get ready to plan for next year. So if you want to fly in from anywhere around the country and observe one of these camps, believe me, the, the people running them will be more than happy to help you so you can learn. Okay. And their email addresses and phone numbers are on the websites. So, you know, it's libertycampusa.com, right? If you want that one or libertycampforkids.com, either one. You know, if you want to come observe, please do that. It's an incredible experience. It really is. And it's one of the things I'm most proud of that we've done in the Tea Party movement in the 12 years we've been doing it. I'm very proud of this effort. I'm very proud of the people who, who put them on and do such good work. All right, now let's get back to some of the other things that are happening. Again, we've been watching the Maricopa County, um, you know, audit very carefully because this is the first time we've gotten our hands on actual ballots, right? And, and, you know, we're doing a full forensic audit. Well, last week I talked to you that the left is so concerned about what we're going to find that uh, the Brennan and all these lefty legal groups wrote to the DOJ demanding that they, uh, you know, uh, get involved with this audit because it violates civil rights law. So One American News obtained a letter from the DOJ trying to stop the Arizona audit, okay? And and the, the part that's so funny about it is that, you know, the election audit in Arizona has already passed like three court cases where judges have ruled that the state Senate has the right to do this audit. Okay, but that doesn't stop the the leftist DOJ, right? You know, the the civil rights division of the DOJ wasn't going to look into election fraud in Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania. You know, the people putting up cardboard on the windows so the observers couldn't see them, you know, counting the ballots. No, they didn't do crap about that. But no, no, but they're going to go to Arizona and claim that you're you're violating the rights of voters by recounting the ballots. Well, it appears, uh, you know, that they 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 took the bait from the Brennan Center and the others request. OK, but here's the bottom line. The U.S. Constitution grants the power to oversee elections exclusively to state legislators, meaning the federal government has no authority to interfere in the audit. The letter that was uh, sent was fairly benign and only cited media reports as evidence. Again, that's not evidence. That's not evidence. The main issues raised were with regard to voting rights, especially for minority voters and the security of the facility, both of which have been easily addressed by the Senate. In fact, the letter did not include a single piece of factual evidence on which the DOJ, DOJ could base their concerns. Further, Democrats have sued the Senate four times in an effort to stop the audit and have failed every time. The Department of Justice letter appeals to the exact 
same concerns as those raised in court, meaning the Senate has four court opinions, okay, that they can send to the DOJ to refute their claims. And, and, and basically, you know, the, the DOJ has no, no standing here. It's baseless. The fact that DOJ sent the letter at all is odd, given the strict constitutional differentiation from state and federal rights. It is a strange appeal that comes across as a Hail Mary from Democrats looking to impede the audit. Like all previous attempts, however, this one is also likely to fail. Okay? Now, since that happened, the, uh, the county is now violating the subpoena that, uh, that, you know, they, that the Senate got. And they're refusing to give over the passwords to the Dominion voting machines. And they're refusing to allow an analysis of the routers. So again, what do they have to cover up? The court was very clear. It gave the Senate the right to look at that stuff. So now, you know, they're, they're, they're again, what are they hiding? Well, we know what they're hiding. They're hiding the fact that they cheated. Okay. And the Senate is going to use the court rulings to have those subpoenas enforced. And you got to give those people a lot of credit. So keep an eye on what's going on out there because it's really, you know, to me, this is the, you know, the, the, the place where we kind of break through and show that there was shenanigans going on. There were dead people. There were illegal people. There were absolute ballots. There were bogus, all that stuff. And then we can get into Michigan and we can get into, uh, you know, Pennsylvania and Georgia and a bunch of other states. Okay. Because why? What we need to do is we need to have the moral authority to change the laws in our states to make sure they can never do this again. Okay. And so DeSantis in, um, in Florida did it again. He, he, he put out a, uh, he signed on TV. He literally signed it on Fox Television. A um, a bill that gets rid of voter, uh, you know, uh, election law, you know, things like ballot harvesting and stuff. And, and you know, he, he basically is enforcing voter ID laws. He's banning ballot harvesting. He's prohibiting mass mailings of ballots. He's increasing election transparency. He's prohibiting private money from running elections, aka Zuckerberg. So. Kudos to Governor DeSantis. Now, again, the left, the media, if you go search on this, it's all Republicans working to suppress the vote. But uh, Senator Scott, in his rebuttal to Biden's pathetic State of the Union address, said that they're calling out these laws in Georgia and Florida and saying there's voter suppression, and yet those laws give more rights to vote than they do in New York State. That's how hypocritical these people are. This is worse than Jim Crow. It's Jim Crow 2.0. Well, that's blown up, hasn't it? Because that's been an insult to the people who lived through Jim Crow. And oh, yeah, who did Jim Crow? Yeah, the Democrats did Jim Crow. The Democrats did poll taxes. The Democrats kept blacks from voting, not the Republicans. And, and there was a poll out this week, I believe, that says something like 83% of blacks think you should have voter ID. And yet they keep telling you that if you ask for an ID, and, and if you're an American citizen, you need a photo ID to buy alcohol, to get on an airplane, to go to sporting events. So what's this nonsense that it's racist? It's racist if you have to show a photo ID to vote. No, the law says you have to be a citizen. And what, what DeSantis is doing is the same thing. He's saying, 
We're going to uphold the laws and have fair elections. And I was really happy to see that uh, in uh, Kansas, where they have a Democratic governor, the House voted to override the governor's veto of election uh, integrity. So that was a big step because in Kansas, the liberals have been trying to change Kansas from uh, red to blue. And again, by doing this stupid mailing ballots out to everyone and all that. DeSantis said, we're doing like we always did. We've always had absentee ballots. But if you want one, you got to write in and say, I, I'm going to be out of the country or I'm in the military. I need an absentee ballot. They'll send you one and then you can send in your ballot. They're not mailing it out to people you know, who don't live there anymore or to dead people so they can get voted by someone else. So Kansas acted and we're really glad to see that. Okay. Now, Next thing I want to talk about was, uh, you know, the bad jobs report. Um, you know, most people were projecting that there would be a million new jobs. In other words, a million people had gone back to work uh, in um, last month in April. And it only came out at 266,000. And the unemployment rate is uh, at 6.1%. That was really bad. And the answer is... Because we're paying people not to work. There are 7.2 million jobs open. In our community, and I know in your community, look around. There's help wanted signs in every business. Everyone. But people aren't going to work because the Democrats are paying them more to stay home. Why? Because they're bringing in illegal immigrants and their big business, you know, the people who paid for Biden's illegitimate election, want lower wages and lower skilled workers, and they're going to hurt these people. So again, Steve Moore for the Committee uh, to Unleash Prosperity said, the Netflix unemployed, repeat after me, if you tax something, you get less of it. If you subsidize something, you get more of it, period, hard stop. We learned from yesterday's bad jobs report that the idiocy of the Biden-Pelosi policies is higher than Mount Everest. Our own CTUP study by Mulligan and Moore released some three months ago predicted the COVID stimulus bill would reduce unemployment, would reduce employment by 6 million workers. The bill passed nonetheless with all Democrat votes providing $300 a week bonus unemployment benefits expanded food stamps, Medicaid, rental assistance, no rent payments required, and a free $1,400 check per person, which added up to an annualized payment of up to $100,000 for a married couple where both are unemployed. And now our predictions are regrettably right on target. Why work when you're getting paid not to? This, ladies and gentlemen, explains the disappointment of the April jobs report with a tick up in unemployment, only 260,000 jobs added, and lousy workforce participation. Everyone knows that stores, factories, restaurants, bars, warehouses, construction companies are desperate for workers. They can't compete with their rich Uncle Sam. They can't pay you more than the government's paying you to stay home. Today in America, there are 7.3 million jobs open thanks to Operation Warp Speed. That's more job openings than the entire number of workers in Michigan and Indiana combined. But we can't get the Netflix couch potatoes back on the job. The Biden econo wizards argue with a straight face that the weak job reports show we need more stimulus. That's how stupid these people are. We need less of it and would help if the progressives would stop threatening the largest tax increase in American history. Okay, and so this is what we warned about. Policies matter. And, and so 
Instead, what Donald Trump did is he had us down to full employment and raising wages for the bottom half more than the top half. Now what's going to happen is they got all these people getting these checks until September. And guess what's going to happen? When September comes around, a lot of these businesses are going to have gone under because they didn't have enough employees. They couldn't make enough money. And there aren't going to be any jobs. So the unemployment rate is going to stay higher. And, and the great recovery. A year ago, at this time, you and I were living in the greatest economy in the history of the world, thanks to Donald J. Trump. And the commie socialists are trying to destroy that. And what are they doing? They're trying to destroy the middle class and small business owners because that's who threatened them. They're in bed with the big business people, right? That's who they, that's why they're fascists, right? They're in bed with, with Amazon and with uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and, you know, all the big companies. They're trying to destroy the little businesses and the middle class so they can't fight back politically. And we've got to try to save them. But this is not an accident. This is intentional. They're letting hundreds of thousands of illegals come in across the border for one reason, to suppress wages. That's what they're doing. And if you're black and you voted Democrat, you deserve what you're getting because they're targeting you more than anyone. And that's why so many more blacks and Hispanics voted for Donald Trump than ever before. So that's you know what you need to know about the jobs numbers. They were horrible. Should have been way higher. And we need to get these, we need to stop that. And matter of fact, I do need to add, several states have said they're going to stop. Florida, I think Montana and another state have already said they're going to stop that $300 extra that they got money from the feds to give you an unemployment. DeSanta said, you're going to have to start looking for a job again because it's not good for you to stay home and for these businesses not to be able to hire people. So the governors need to take action. You should call your governor. You should call your legislators and say, we want you to cut back on the federal unemployment subsidy. The jobs are there. Let's incentivize people to go back to work. Another thing to put on your checklist for this week, okay? Call your legislators and say, we want you to rescind that $300 and give people an incentive to get back to work. That's a great thing to do. Here's another great thing. I thought this was awesome because you know that Joe Biden has made, you know, attacking and destroying the Second Amendment his top priority. But we got a great ruling today, uh, this week. A federal judge ruled that gun makers are not liable for individual criminal acts. A federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit against gunmaker Glock brought by the Brady campaign to prevent gun violence on behalf of a man who was shot and paralyzed by a, grand, a gunshot. Basically, in this ruling... Uh, you know, the judge said, it's very clear, the courts have ruled that you cannot hold the manufacturer responsible for an unlawful use of the gun to commit a crime, to shoot someone. It'd be like a shovel. You know, you could, you could hit someone over the head with a shovel and kill them. You think the shovel maker is responsible? So this is a bogus thing that the left has been trying to do for decades, to tie gun manufacturers to anybody who uses one to kill somebody to make them liable. This ruling really hurts Joe Biden. And last month, Joe Biden falsely claimed that the firearms industry is the only industry in America that can't be sued. Okay? And that's just not true. How about Facebook and Twitter, Joe? 
He claimed that gunmakers would soon have a come to the Lord moment, but this ruling kind of shoots that down. This is an example of a lawyer's attempt to put the blame for negligent use of a firearm on a manufacturer. The facts of the case are clear. The negligent mishandling of a firearm resulted in a tragic effect. There was no defect in the product, no design flaw, and the opinion clearly notes claims of warning notifications do not make for a claim of product defect. Big win for the Second Amendment. Big setback for Joe Obama, the illegitimate President of the United States. This is another interesting story that uh, came out, and I'll tell you why it's interesting. Proud Boys getting huge donations from Asian community. This is interesting. Proud Boys are getting a huge wave of support from Asian Americans who fear Antifa and Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter and want to bring communist rule to the U.S., according to a new investigation. Recent fundraising efforts by the Proud Boys saw as much as 80% of their donations coming from people from Chinese surnames, according to information obtained by USA Today. The data, as well as a series of experts and supporters, show significant support specifically from Chinese-American community, as well as expatriates in China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. You have to understand how we feel, said one of these donors. We came from communist China, and we managed to come here, and we appreciate it here so much. Uh, her support came specifically because the Proud Boys are fighting Antifa, she said. And can you see anything good that Antifa did except destroy department stores and small businesses? This is very interesting because when we ran our ad asking President Trump to declare limited martial law temporarily to have the U.S. military oversee a national revote of the elections, I was shocked by how many donations we got. Now, it was nowhere near 80%. It was, you know, 10% or something. But I, there were all these people with Chinese surnames. And since then, I've gotten into conversation with a lot of them. And the fact is, they understand the threat. And they're putting their money where their mouth is. And we need to do the same. So I want to ask you guys, because I had two shows ago, I had posted the video, Cold War II, Just How Dangerous Is China?, if you haven't gone to WeThePeopleConvention.org to watch that video, you need to do that because the threat to your freedom and liberty and prosperity, do not doubt, is China. Joe Biden is an, is an agent of China. Kamala Harris is an agent of China. Brennan, all of these guys are, are involved with China. Most of the people that Biden has appointed as cabinet have ties to the communist Chinese, Okay. China has bought our political and ruling class, and they're, and they're using it to overtake our country without firing a shot. In that video, they talked about how important Taiwan was and that you needed to, uh, that we needed to give Taiwan all the support that we could so that they could stop China's aggression. Okay. And the comparison was made to how the island of Britain stopped Hitler, that they could not cross the channel and invade Britain. And that's how we turned the tide on Hitler. And they're making the case for Taiwan. Now, I asked you to write to your congressmen and senators and say, I want you to know as a taxpayer that we want you to fund the defense of Taiwan to whatever degree is necessary. Now, I know for conservatives, us spending money, you know, we don't usually do that. And it's going to shock your congressman that you even have us on your list. But if you watch that video, you'll understand this is important and you need to act. 
Now, I want you to send me copies of the letter you send. Send an email to info at wethepeopleconvention.org. I want to see that you did this because it's that important. And we're going to try to find some, if anyone knows of a, a Taiwanese-American uh, you know, a lobbying group that that's, exists that we can donate to their PAC to help them, you know, I want to know who that is so I can direct you to do that. But this is how you win your liberty. This is how you fight. And, and no one's thinking about the long term, but, but you've got to think of, you got to fight them in your school district right now, right? You got to fight them in your legislature right now, but you also have to plan ahead. And we're doing that. So please write to your congressman and say, we want you to fund Taiwan. We want them to have whatever they need to defend against a Chinese invasion because that's where we keep China in check. All right. And um, believe me, China is on the warpath and they want to dominate the world. And we're going to have to fight them unless we can stop them. And it's better for us to stop them at Taiwan than to stop them in Missouri. Right. So that's why I'm asking you to do this. Please act. And again, I know not everyone can donate. And you don't have to. The people who act on what we talk about on this show are doing as much or more than people who donate. And I need you to tell other people about this show, okay? Because, you know, it's, it's really important that we share these messages that aren't just, woe is me, the world's terrible, oh, the left is so nasty. You know, send me your comments. Send me stories that aren't being covered, that other people should know about. Send it to info at wethepeopleconvention.org. But most of all, tell people about this. Now, while I've been you know, recovering from you know, my, my open heart surgery, I've been thinking about some things, and I got some questions for you. Most podcasts are not monologues. They're conversations. The most popular con- uh, podcasts are people interviewing people. And I could do that. The question I have for you is, is that what you want? Would that be better than me just talking to you? You know, I, and so send me your comments. I also thought of something to kind of be like an in-between move on that. I thought about having you picking one person from our membership each show that I would do a Zoom call with that would be maybe a 10 or 15-minute conversation about an issue that you're concerned with where we could just talk. And so if you think that's a good idea, send me an email at info at wethepeopleconvention.org that says, I, I would do a Zoom call and I can, I can do that. And I would like to talk about this topic. And maybe we can do that. Okay. Maybe we can do that. Um, so I've been, I mean, you know, just thinking about, you know, how can we do this better? How can we be more valuable to you? And so if you have any ideas, please let me know. I'm open to that. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm reevaluating what we're doing. All right. Um, I'm real excited, uh, th- because tonight is kind of going to be my kind of coming out party. Uh, ever since the surgery, which has been three and a half weeks ago, I've been stuck at home. I'm not allowed to drive. I can't lift things. Uh, you know, my energy level is such that it's hard to get in much more than half a day's worth of work. And most people think I shouldn't do that. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to get to go out. I'm going to do my first uh, public appearance tonight at the Medina County here in Ohio. It's kind of southwest of Cleveland. We're going to the Medina County Lincoln Day dinner where Dennis Prager is going 
going to be there in person. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in person. And I want to add thank uh, the, the chairman of the Medina County Republican Party, Jim Renacy, and, and Tom Whalen and, and uh, Marsha Frost, who are the committee chairs, for uh, making room for Nan and I to come tonight. Um, you know, it's going to be kind of weird being out there. I was joking to them. I've lost so much weight. I'm afraid my suits aren't going to fit. I'm going to look a little goofy. But uh, it's going to be good to get out. I'm looking forward to seeing some friends and and, and just getting out in public uh, for the first time in, in like a month. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, my recovery is going well. There's still, you know, like three weeks left. But uh, we're still engaged. As you saw, we made the calls for the levies. We did some damage. We fought the fight. Uh, and I'm trying to give you all the support I can give you so you can fight the fight. Okay. So I appreciate you tuning in this week. I look forward to seeing uh, you back again next week. And, and please go to our website and, and the very front page, put your email and your phone number in so I can text you stories and videos all week long that are important for you to get. Okay. And I need your phone number because emails aren't getting through. Texts are much more successful at getting through. And we do not share your information with anyone. And we're very prudent on what we send out. Okay? So we're going to wrap it up. You've been listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week.